Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Translator, brought to you by RiskPro. This is a podcast in and about the many wonders of the financial industry, and more specifically, about the innovation that is changing it. My name is Julie Mochin, and I'm your host. In this episode, I eavesdrop on an interview that RiskPro's president, Jeff Olson, has with Chris Mills when Chris was visiting our Newport Beach offices. Chris is an executive VP at Kovac Financial. They are a broker-dealer slash registered investment advisor um, out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We're dropping in on this interview because Chris not only shares his experiences as head of advisory and operations there, but you'll get to hear firsthand about daily life in the back office of a broker-dealer before and after they implemented RiskPro. It's, it's really special. If you want to learn more about Kovac Financial and their independent broker-dealer RIA with 400-plus advisors across the country in Puerto Rico, please click on the link I've provided on the translator site. Okay, now let's drop in on this interview. Today, we have a special guest with us, Chris Mills, Executive Vice President with Kovac Financial. Chris, thank you for joining us today. All right, great. Well, Jeff, thank you for having me, and I look forward to the conversation. I believe that you took over the advisory business back in 2007, and now, as you mentioned, are responsible for operations. How have you seen things change and evolve with your business over the last 13 or so years? Quite significantly, and actually even before I um, took over as the you know head of the RIA and running the day-to-day of the investment advisory, I was a uh, producing representative, uh, so I have a, a background with my own clients and managing my own clients' books. The scope of where the business was back then, you know, when I took over to where it is now, uh, things have changed dramatically. Um, the evolution of the investment advisory space has probably been one of the largest uh, changes that I've seen. With a dramatic shift toward advisory or fee-based business over that time? Yeah, so... Uh, you know, back in 2007, 2008, uh, from a revenue perspective at our firm, 75, 80% of the total revenue of the company was coming from the broker-dealer side. Uh, that shift has been pretty dramatic over the years where now it's closer to the 50-50 mark, and I anticipate in the next five years or so to, to really have it shift heavier on the advisory side and that broker-dealer piece getting smaller. So let me ask you, Chris, when it comes to financial advisors in the advisory space, what percentage are constructing their own portfolios, what is often considered rep as PM or advisor's portfolio manager, versus outsourcing to institutional strategists that create portfolios? Yeah. Uh, so from our perspective, unfortunately, it's way too many. Rep as PM piece right now uh, in the industry and specifically at our company is about 65% of what we do. We ideally would like to see the third-party managed piece become larger and have that rep as PM uh, piece shrink. Why would you prefer advisors outsource to institutional firms versus creating their own portfolios? There's a number of good reasons for it. Um, the professional third-party money managers, right, that is their job is to manage a portfolio and manage a risk. Uh, they have a track record, and those portfolios uh, tend to be very consistent. Uh, whereas the rep as PM portfolios, the rep, their job is to meet with their clients and uh, go and find new clients and, you know, handle their office operations on a day-to-day basis. And in and around all of those items, they also have to manage portfolios. 
And, uh, and you know, it's a very time-consuming task to manage a portfolio properly. And in trying to do all of those things, oftentimes the portfolio will suffer. So I believe it's beneficial to just bring in a third party, hire the manager, and then if you don't like the manager down the road, you can fire them and hire a different manager. Whereas if you're managing the portfolio, uh, it's very difficult to fire yourself. Absolutely. Now that makes a lot of sense. Um, let me ask you, have there been times where advisors that have been constructing their own portfolios have perhaps <laughs> run into problems and created liability for themselves as well as for the firm? I've seen it industry-wide, but specifically at our firm, you know, a number of years ago, um, we had an advisor come in and was new to our firm. We brought him on board and he, you know, he was uh, really going on about how his strategy was, uh, you know, a, a really well thought out, well planned market strategy and felt that he was going to successfully be able to beat the market on a consistent basis. And over a period of about nine months to a year, he uh, was very aggressive on a number of his client accounts and uh, lost a fair amount of a percentage in his clients' accounts during a time in which the market was doing very well and the market was going up. At the time, we didn't have a, um, a system in place that really showed us by the numbers how aggressive his portfolio was compared to what the client's risk tolerance was. And so it was, uh, you know, it was a very negative experience for us. We ended up terminating that rep and ending it. I think that that's a story that um, many can relate to in the industry. I also have heard in many cases concerns about things like over-concentration of portfolios. Is that also an issue where you have advisors building portfolios and perhaps have significant exposure to certain securities and may have additional risks that are not anticipated by the client? Yeah, as part of an overall risk review, our job is to make sure that the advisor is managing the portfolio appropriately. So define appropriate, and that's the, the real challenge that we have. Uh, concentrated positions um, are a challenge and can be viewed as inappropriate for most clients, depending on the circumstances. So it's always something that, that we're on the, the lookout for. We specifically have limitations on certain types of products, but you know, oftentimes it's, it's hard to judge when you have those concentrations what the impact is going to be if you increase it or decrease based on that risk. Can you tell us a little bit about RiskPro and how you've implemented that at COVAC and how it may be mitigating <clears throat> some of the risks and liability that existed? Yeah. So uh, in a pre-RiskPro world, we would utilize performance-based review, right? So based on performance of an account, was that performance consistent with the associated benchmark um, that it was assigned to? Was it too aggressive compared to that benchmark that it was assigned to? And really, we would gauge the risk of the underlying portfolio based off of its comparative return to that index that it was being compared to. A lot of shortcomings uh, with that approach, specifically if you're dealing with uh, non-traded products like the REITs and the Structureds, or you know even more concentrated individual stock holdings and so there there was really no good way that we had to consistently measure risk on an ongoing basis so when uh, i first got introduced to the risk pro system a, a number of years ago in reviewing it and determining what it was going to do do for us on a day-to-day -day basis it was it was really kind of a game changer for us at the home office 
a number of reasons why. Um, it gave us the ability to measure the risk of every single holding in every account that we had. Whereas uh, before, we didn't have any system that would take an entire portfolio and say, here is your risk of that portfolio. So it finally gave us a measuring stick. And so we could determine you know, if an account was over uh, allotted risk versus what the client's risk tolerance was. And so prior to that, it was, it was really kind of piecemeal. You know, you could always identify the, the, the low-hanging fruit. Hey, this account is 100% in one stock, or they've got a bunch of penny stocks in this account, mm -hmm. or, you know, the simple things like that. Those are easy, but when you have a, a portfolio, say it's a million dollars, and there's, you know, 60 different positions inside there, it's very difficult to determine what the overall risk of that portfolio is, and, and that is the real advantage of, of RiskPro. And Chris, how many accounts do you have running through RiskPro now? So we're running every account at our firm uh, through the RiskPro system. So give or take 80,000 accounts, right. um, 10 billion or so in assets. As far as the implementation um, and running all those accounts through RiskPro, how did you find the process in working through this at the home office and then rolling that out to advisors? Um, trial and error. Sure. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, it's like uh, getting that uh, new toy at Christmas and you open it up and it's the one you wanted, but and then you got to figure out how to play with it. Sure. Uh, and so we um, we had to learn at the home office really what it was going to do for us and exactly how to then make it beneficial for our advisors. Um because you can have a, a great tool that works well, but in the end, the advisors have to to accept it. Sure. They have to understand the benefits of it, and they have to be willing to use it for it to, to be effective. Um, but that has worked well. How have advisors embraced RiskPro? And have there been situations that have it's had a positive impact already in maybe the way that you assess risk on different asset classes and your ability to allow them to use those asset classes? Overwhelming response from the advisors have been uh, positive. Um, if I was to tell you all responses have been positive, that you know it's just not true. I, I don't sure. care what you do; you could roll out the best thing in the world, and you're going to have some negative feedback because people don't like change sure. in general. Uh, but the overwhelming response has been very positive because the advisors recognize as well that they have the liability and that risk um, requirement. Uh, to maintain and monitor their clients' accounts, and it makes them a better advisor. And it actually, it will help sales, right? So if a client comes in with a portfolio and, uh, you know, it's a new, trying to win a new client, and they've got this list of stocks, you know, the advisor can go into RiskPro, enter everything into RiskPro, and come back and say, hey, client, here's your risk of your current portfolio. You know, you're carrying too much of this type of risk or too much risk in this one sector or this one uh, stock. And it's really a, a good tool to win new business. So it's uh, given the advisors the ability to manage their own risk and also help win new clients with that type of tool. Another hot topic in the industry right now is regulation best interest or Reg BI. Do you see RiskPro playing a role for your firm? in that specific regulation and how you plan to address it? Yes, um, it's going to be a key part of how we address the regulation. So one of the key components of the new reg best interest 
is the care obligation, right? Uh, and making sure that you're doing what's in the client's best interest. One of the things that just goes hand in hand with that is, is how are you showing that you are in the client's best interest? And, and part of that has to be the client's risk and that you are suggesting or recommending a portfolio that falls within that client's risk tolerance. And if you're not proving that, if you're not showing that, I don't even know how you're going to, to say that you are doing and, and handling that care obligation uh, to the best of your ability. There's an ongoing monitoring process as well. Do you see RiskPro fitting into that monitoring process? Yes. Um, so it's a daily process that our, assist, uh, our compliance teams and our back office goes through is, um, you know, every day uh, we log into the RiskPro system and we're able to see every account um, that is above its risk tolerance. And it highlights it, the account for us and highlights it in red and says, hey, go take a look at these accounts. And it's it's a, a daily thing, right? So advisors have been trained to daily log into the system, go look at their book of business, their accounts, you know, the 100 or 200 accounts or however many accounts they have, and they'll easily identify, you know, which accounts have, you know, gone outside their risk tolerance. Gives us a ability from a monitoring perspective, um, but also to, you know, actively engage with a client to update their account. Uh, maybe you have to change positions to lower the risk. Maybe you need to update the risk tolerance on that client's portfolio. Um, so it gives you a way to monitor on an ongoing basis and, and be very effective in managing your book. Thank you very much for sharing that, Chris. Do you have any final thoughts or comments that you'd like to share? Um, you know, just overall, we've been working with the system now um, for a couple of years. Uh, it has evolved uh, over that time, and it's continuing to get better. Um, as you and I were discussing earlier today, you know, some of the changes that are coming forth are really going to be um, advantageous to a firm like ours. But really, it's going to encompass and, and handle all of the Reg Best uh, Interest or Reg BI um, requirements. And that's what I look forward to uh, as the system evolves. Thank you, Jeff Olson. For those of you that want to talk to Jeff personally, I know for a fact that he always keeps a line open. And I've posted that number on the translator site. So click on the link, subscribe, or visit us at riskproadvisor.com to learn more, get a demo, or get this, get some of your firm's accounts tested by the algorithm for free to see if your tech stack needs RiskPro. This recording has been prepared and made available by RiskPro to be used for information purposes only. RiskPro is an investment risk profiling and portfolio construction software as a service platform developed by ProTools LLC. The information contained herein, including any expression of opinion, has been obtained from or is based on sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy or completeness is not guaranteed and is subject to change without notice. Any expressions of opinions reflect the views of the speakers and are not necessarily those of Pro Tools LLC or its affiliates. Pro Tools does not provide investment tax or legal advice. Investors should consult their financial, tax, or legal professionals before investing.